Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. Imagine consuming 31 real whole fruits and vegetables every day. More nutrients from fruits and veggies can help our bodies with energy levels, strengthening our immune system, and so much more. Balance of Nature has taken 31 real fruits and veggies and powdered them into capsules locking in maximum nutrition. Try Balance of Nature with 35% off any Frisk preferred order, plus free shipping with promo code YES. Just go to balanceofnature.com and enter promo code YES to get 35% off. Give your body the natural boost it needs with Balance of Nature. Go to balanceofnature.com, promo code YES for 35% off. Welcome to High Stakes, episode 25. I'm your host, Neil Orfield. You can find me on Twitter at PlayerQDFS. High Stakes is produced by Mike Lawrence. You can find him on Twitter at AwesomeYo. And our guest today is the number two NHL DFS in the RG rankings, most recently winning $100,000 in October. He's a frequent showdown winner in many different sports, including the one that I pay most attention to, NFL, does great in NFL showdown. Uh, He's also a great... DFS golf player with a podcast about PGA DFS called Golflandia, and he is a Rainmakers fanatic. You probably know him as Wiley. His name is Matthew Wiley on Twitter. He is at Wiley77 on DraftKings. He is Wiley77. Wiley, how are you doing today? What's up, man? Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on. I'm good. Who told you I'm good at DFS golf? I mean, you, you do a whole podcast, but I know that you're good at other sports. I guess I just assume that you're good at DFS golf because you're good at other sports. And then you do a podcast about uh, PGA DFS. Is that wrong? Are you, are you bad no, no, at no, PGA? You're, you're right. You're right. But I think that the conclusion after so many years of doing DFS golf um, is that it's pretty, I call golf is Keno. I mean, it's basically extremely random, not a lot of, well, no correlation and just trusted projections and ownership, it's tough. I mean, there are good DFS golf players. As someone said yeah, I, on Twitter yesterday, I said, I think I'm maybe the worst. Oh, no. Irony that I have a podcast. But I do love the game. I think it's, I think it's fractured a little bit right now. And yep. I'm extremely excited to have NFL and NHL back, yes. Yeah, so golf for me, it's always been a struggle for me because, as you say, there are – there's no correlation. There's really nothing to it as far as I can tell, other than uh, just projection versus ownership projection. I guess sometimes things like weather can play like, you know, tee times and stuff. Maybe, you know, some people factor in like form and the golf course history, that kind of stuff. But as far as I can tell, it's essentially just ownership versus projection. So I've always thought maybe this isn't even a beatable game. And then I see the same people winning all the time at PGA DFS. So I know that there's clearly something that I'm missing there. Um, but still p- part, part of your game that you're working on, you're better at other DFS sports. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I get a lot more fulfillment when I put effort into NHL specifically 
uh, and NFL Showdown. I think the top three for me are NHL, NFL Showdown, and Best Ball. Okay. Uh, I think, you know, the amount of work input and output I put in with results. I mean, I, I, grew, up, I grew up in hockey, right? I mean, I, I was born in Oshawa in Canada, Ontario. Okay. And um, my uncle owned the Oshawa Generals, which is a junior team there. Your, your producer and I were just talking about it. Who, that team produced, you know, so many legendary NHL stars, including Eric Lindros. He's a Philly guy. But, you know, we used to billet players at my house. I mean, so they used to live with us while they played for the team. So Sunday night and Saturday night dinners were, were with future NHLers. I was like wow. four or five. And I was just telling my friends about this in our little text chat the other day. So, I mean, thousands of junior games I went to. I went to every one of Eric Lindros's. And so think- the absorption of this into, into – and it made me love the NHL DFS product, which I think is one of the best in terms of game experience because there's not a lot of scoring uh, and randomness. And so if you hit it, it's very exhilarating. I've just – over the course of the last year or so learn how to take my historical knowledge of the game and then apply it to, you know, more theory and building lineups. Right. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was just asking generally which, which DFS sports, uh, you know, you, you, you say that you're not that great at PGA, but I know that you're great at other sports. So I was just asking generally about uh, the sports you're great. I think that you just introduced me to a new word. Did you say billet? Yeah, it's called a billet. So in in junior hockey, these guys, um, I don't know. I think it's done the same way now. But back then, they were 16 years old, right? 15 years old, drafted into junior. This is not, it's it's the drafting league from the NHL, right? So yep. 18 years old, they're in the NHL. These are young men, so they need really homes and parents. Yeah. And so the so the guy that lived with us for two years was like my brother, and then you know he would bring future NHL Hall of Famers over for dinner. And at the time, I didn't know what, you know, what really that experience was. But looking back, you know, that was my life. Um, That's most kids' lives in Canada growing up in hockey. So that's how you've gotten really into NHL DFS. Uh, Do do you play any MLB DFS? It seems similar to me. So I, I don't play NHL DFS. It seems like a similar sport where, like, stacking is very important. Would you agree with that as far as NHL DFS goes? I, I, I... I went through a couple of lineups just to test it out this year. Um, I feel that's the same way. I feel like there's so many very, very good MLB players. And I don't have a love for the, I used to as a kid, but I don't have a love for the game as I do for NHL, NFL. Um, And so I just really can't put a lot of effort. It's a lot of effort to me. and I, you know, I dipped my toe last night stupidly into NBA because I wanted to, I just wanted to see if I could hand build one lineup and I put effort into it. I mean, it wasn't the flu. And then around 1030 in NBA, I look at my phone <clears throat> and I had won one, the uh, qualifier for the world championship, right? Which yep. is, I mean, I posted that tweet only because I was completely exhilarated. And it was the biggest, it was the biggest fish move because I, I didn't realize Phoenix Suns were a team, I guess, late. And yep. uh, I was caught. Play, <laughs> playing I, I, against I, my Timberwolves. 
I left yeah. the tweet up like a champ. <laughs> You've got to. I mean, somebody is probably going to call you out at some point for leaving up they a tweet did. that did not win. Oh, they did call you I out. I forget okay. his name. It was funny because uh, I tried to I tried to uh, wrestle my way out of it. He goes, "You know, you're going to be passed, right?" And I was like, <laughs> and I said, "No shit." I didn't really know I was going to be passed. Really, you thought you thought you, you thought it was over? Yeah, there was there was just the one. So there were only three, uh, four games on the slate last night, and right. three of them started within half an hour of each other at lock, uh, six thirty and seven my, o'clock it, Central Time. It was my NHL brain. Yeah, and I knew the Phoenix Suns were playing, but it was my NHL brain knowing that I had a big gap. If I had that gap in the NHL, no one's catching me on a on a one period left in a hockey game. Yeah, uh, typically. Um, but NBA is a little different. Chris Paul can score a lot of points quickly. Yep. NBA is very much a sport where yeah. if it's not over, it's not over. Somebody, somebody can catch you pretty quickly. Yeah. And I, and out of, out of, I wasn't, you know, I, I shit post on Twitter. Uh, I, I take, I take a lot of hits. It's all, I just having fun. Right. And I respect a lot of these NBA guys. I'm not trying to tread in their water, but I am, I, I am extremely competitive. Right. I mean, I want to, I get, a, I get more, exhilaration from knowing that your build hit less so than even the money. Yep. Um, and I think that's a lot for a lot of guys. I'm just extremely competitive, especially in showdown. Right. I mean, you shipped a huge one this year and that's really where I got intro to you. I thought, man, this guy's really sharp. Now I'll do the perfunctory like of your tweet with the screenshot <laughs> deep down. I'm like, fuck, yeah no? yeah i know i know the feeling there are people yeah. that i cheer for there are people that i cheer for less and there's nobody that i cheer for as much as cheering for myself so i always i always wish it was me uh winning it but yeah no i'm i'm competitive too i also you know i, I feel good for other people i'm not always angry no. i'm there, there are limits on my on my competitiveness uh you for example tweeted out that uh, you're competitive about height you you always want to be the tallest person in the room i don't really have the luxury of being competitive about height i'm 511 you're what 64 I'm 6'3". Okay, so but this next generation, up. everyone seems really tall. Yes, yeah. frightening me. Like every kid seems six one. I think that's the way things go. People just keep getting taller. But tall guys, and they wait in on this when you're at the airport at a restaurant or something. You're always gauging. Yeah, I'm number one, rank number one right now. Bad news. You're probably you're T, probably going until, the other way until Big T weighed in. Right, he's like six eight. No, he's not six eight, is he? I met Big he T. I, he six, was. I remember him being tall. I did not realize he was that tall. Uh, if I don't he think is. he's six. He's like six four, six five. So yeah, that, that's probably more along with uh, what what I would guess. Um, yeah, it's levels levels of competition. I guess there there are th some things I'm probably just not going to win at. Probably being the tallest guy in the room in a lot of rooms, not going to be it. Uh, all right. One other thing that I know that you're competitive in is Rainmakers. We got to talk yeah. a little bit about Rainmakers because uh, you're one of only a handful of people that I know who are seem to really love Rainmakers. Is, is that true? Do you love Rainmakers at this point? Um, do I love Rainmakers? Uh, you know, let me let, let me rewind it to where we started, and with with the whole idea of rainmakers it was it was it was talked about to me in the summer with um with the idea that it's gonna have probably not a lot of people play it in in rainmakers terms it's hard to say overlay but basically there won't be enough players and there's probably some room to make some money with the 28 million that DraftKings is guaranteeing i i was never into nfts this was a this was sort of sold as an NFT play. 
I was apprehensive because of that. But then I ripped my first pack. And then like the pack of cards. I mean, I see them as playing cards, right? Yeah. Uh, and then I ripped about 40 more in an hour. And and that that sort of had like this dopamine rush because uh, I was getting such good players. And at that point, and a lot more later, I was committed to it. Yep. Because you're really sitting on this island with a bunch of cards that you're going to have in play. And that's it, pal. You just got to start making your money back. And so I guess I had to fall in love with it because I, I couldn't sleep at night. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I think I've, I think I like it enough now that and I've made enough back that I'm comfortable if everything ended today, I'm cool with it. So the first week I hit a big one, other contests, it's no entry fees. And subsequent to that, I think I'm at 77% returned my money with a lot of weeks to go, plus a live final. I've met some really good people on the way, um, some guys who got in pretty big too. And uh, so we've been sort of counsel for each other beforehand saying, well, okay, let's just go ahead and do this. I, I wish you the best. But uh, it's, I think from a, from a game perspective, I think it was brilliantly designed. Um, I didn't ever like or buy into the NFT angle or have, or the idea that these cards would hold value beyond gameplay beyond this year. So I didn't have any sort of thoughts about that, but from a first generation launch here, I think, you know, DK has been committed to the money. They've guaranteed it. They've rewarded early adopters and they've rewarded guys who play at the highest level. So that's where I'm at with it. Okay. Uh, Tr Trouble 35 on DK actually asked, uh, what's your temperature mid-season review on Rainmakers? I think that you largely just gave your, your mid-season review, but he also asked, where do you see its future looking uh, like for future seasons? What Do you have any thoughts on what uh, Rainmakers is going to look like in future seasons? Do you think you're going to buy back in next year? Oh, man. Uh, I thought I was developing a smoking habit. I've never smoked before. And, and, and I was getting a lot of ocular migraines from the stress. <laughs> Um, would I do it again? I would, I would do it differently, but I'd probably say I would do it again. Um, 10 of us are going to go to the live final for being the 10 biggest franchise owners. Um, oh. so we, we get an automatic pass to it. Wow. Um, I think that I'll make enough to warrant investing in it again next year. A lot of the platform has to change in terms of, um, in terms of, lineup assembly it's clunky mm -hmm. i mean aesthetically it's cool and it's actually works better on desktop than the regular dk fantasy platform but there's just some limitations to it so it becomes a lot of work but um yeah i think i think that i will probably do it again knowing the other thing too is if you're, you're going to invest six figures in this plus right there needs to be insurance on some of these players you invest in if they go down for the season. You know, a guy, and I won't mention his name, but he's a big player. Uh, he bought Trey Lance, right, for right. $11,000. And that's a big hit. That's a big hit when you need these cards to monetize and bring you back money every week. Yeah, um, That's the biggest risk. I mean, if you invest a lot of money it it uh, and your players go down, you're, you're in trouble. 
All right. So I, I need to just uh, go back to this live final that you talked about that you oh. and nine others are going to the live final. Is that already like locked in? Like you're, because you're currently the one of the 10 biggest franchise owners, does that just mean like you have, you've spent the most money on it? What does that mean? And is it locked in already? Who's going to the live final? Um, no, not locked in yet. Okay. So we look at franchise score update. Your franchise score is weighted on the level of cards you have. Okay. The quantity of cards you have and from which packs you got them from being earliest adopters getting the most weight from that perspective quantity and quality i have one of the top 10 in the world i'm right now seven okay week 12 they're going to take a snapshot and say these 10 get to go um i i believe i fully believe that i'm going to be one of those okay i could still buy my i could still win a ticket to go but Right now, I've invested so much time and money into it. I'd love to go to it, and I'd like to meet some of the guys that I've been chatting with who are playing as well. Uh, RS Bathla is number one in the world right now. Um, okay. Um, and he's, you know, he's a great NFL classic player. And yeah, I know, I know the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he's one of the first Millie winners too. Um, so yeah. That's okay. Do you know where the live final is going to be? It's in New Orleans. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yep. It's in New Orleans and uh, it's for a million chopped up. Um, and so we'll compete at all five levels of gameplay in terms of, you know, core, rare, elite, legendary, okay. rainmaker, and uh, best, best point allocation wins. So, you know, pick up a fifth place there or second or first. And then, you know, we're, we're on something. So it's, it's a million dollars total prizes. And I assume everybody wins something back. Worst is 5k for 50th and a trip to new Orleans. Okay. Prize is a quarter million. Okay. Nice. Um, Yeah. The nice thing about it is that our, our investment is baked in, right? Despite outside of what we do in the marketplace, like buying and selling, there's no, like I won 37,000 last week with no entry fees, right? You're basically just sort of in the cash machine collecting it right and now before the season starts that's not really something that you can envision because this is all new but now i'm like oh, okay i didn't have to worry too much we'll be okay right yeah so you paid for the the cards up front so i guess in a sense that was your entry fees but then it's getting you into contests every single week you're able to enter new contests so it you know it feels like at this point it's free entries uh because there's no additional entry fee every time you enter a contest there's nothing. And then there's uh, the gating that they did. Like they, they, they created 17 superstars and these cards, you can't move up in levels. So if you have one of the top level superstars, there's probably only three in the world. Um, Jamar chase, uh, Cooper cup, right? So not, there's only three or four of us that have a Cooper cup card that can play. So that's a very powerful piece yeah it has been historically jamar chase for instance that just you know two weeks ago yeah uh, but yeah so that was it's so whoever you know kalish and the, some of the minds behind it you gotta you know a lot of people bash DraftKings. i was you know one of them historically for i thought going different directions that that i don't think was suited to the brand of the company i'm in branding they nailed this in terms of you know it's it's a stellar product um, I think it would be fan. You know what? I was thinking it'd be fantastic for PGA DFS. I think okay. it would be. I think it would add the lift that PGA needs 
because if you think of the the marketplace transactions and lineup assemblies Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it would be incredible. Yeah. So, you can be a better product than NFL, in your opinion. Um, I, I think, I think NFL showdown is an NHL or time for me. Okay. All right. Um, I, I wish, I wish best ball would be more of an investment for DraftKings, both, both from a content standpoint and, uh, an app. We talked about it today, you know? Yeah. It sucks. And yeah, it's a terrible best ball product. And it has should be so easy for them to just as you said, I think in, in the thread we were talking about it, it'd be so they already they're already doing the point updates for regular contests. Just do that for best ball too. It seems so simple for them. They could be absolutely crushing the best ball product. And instead, underdog has pretty clearly taken over best ball and is clearly the, yep. the superior product for best ball. So that is certainly uh disappointing from a DraftKings best ball standpoint. Um actually I wanted to ask you just briefly about best ball before we get there. I just want to ask, do you think people are too late to join uh rainmakers for this year in particular? Just because it seems like it'd be hard to win a seat to the live final. If guys like you already have such a huge advantage, you've already been playing, you already have your you know stock full of players. Is it still worth it for people to be joining Rainmakers for this year? Um, well, there's 40 other seats that they're giving away in gameplay throughout the year. So okay, 10 of, there's 50 seats. 10 of them are allocated to the top 10 franchise scores. Have they started giving away any of those 40 yet? Yes, they have. Okay. Yes, they have. And, they, and they, they have several contests more to fill those seats. Uh, to answer your question, um, the marketplace seems to have come down a bit, both the price of the packs and the price of the players. But then again, you only have you only have really ten more weeks, and then playoffs if you have the right plays to to do this well. I have not been competitive at all at the lower levels. You've really got to put a lot of time and effort into those builds. I've made all my money back at the top level because of scarcity of cards. Mm -hmm. um, Are you tired of fighting your air? Constantly lighting candles or replacing air fresheners to mask household odors from pets, smoke, musty basement, shoes, or just stagnant stuffy air, yet never gaining on it? Take charge of your air with an Easy Breathe ventilation system. For over 20 years, Easy Breathe has been providing air exchanges and reducing airborne particles by up to 85%. Right now, receive 20% off your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. Call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. I don't, I wouldn't get into it at this point midseason because at the live final, if you do get a seat, you've got to win at each level, right? So you've got to beat me and Bathla and Grinders Cal and, and Bales, I think, is going and we're loaded up there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you could run a fluke team and, you know, punt one in there and and, and see what happens, but it's going to be 
Hertz Brown, Alan Diggs, Cup. Right. And do you want to spend that alone would cost about $75,000. Right. Probably, probably not worth it for people just joining now. And you've already lost the, you know, eight weeks of the season that you could have been playing. Like if you buy, if you buy the cards uh, at the beginning of the season, price neutral, you've just essentially wasted eight weeks that of course, as you say, the prices have come down. So that's a factor too, but um, right. yeah, it's an interesting thought. Um, let's just talk briefly about best ball. Since, since you brought it up, I wanted to uh, talk about best ball a little bit. Eric Bym for asks, uh, who is your biggest stand in best ball this year? Uh, I, I had a note on this and Eric is a good dude. Um, He's a previous guest on the show as well. Is he? Yeah. I'm going on his show Tuesday. Oh, nice. Yeah. So let me get my note up here. Um, did you say stand meaning like my biggest conviction? Yeah. Like relative to, you know, other people, which I guess in best ball for early round players, it's all relative to eight and a half percent, but like, you know, yeah. so, so who did you take the big, who do you have the most of, or if it's, you know, sometimes for a, a last round guy, maybe if you have 10%, that's a huge stand because a lot of leagues are not going drafted. I have 73% Josh Allen. That's a stand. <laughs> uh, I have probably similar in St. Brown. Uh, I had it in Penny and that killed me. Yep. Uh, I stacked Allen with Diggs almost every time because you could. Uh, you could because I always got 8 through 12 drafting position, it seemed. And so I, I took advantage of that. Um, I thought that the difference, the only two I didn't really have enough of are probably Hertz, Mahomes, three, and uh, Tua. But Tua may not be. He missed a couple of weeks. Yeah. But I was determined this year See, part of the best ball theory I've got is take what you knew last year. Look who's going to accelerate St. Brown this year. Look who did well late season and be strong in your convictions and draft it a lot and maybe change out pieces late round, but make it your core. And uh, you got to avoid injury, catastrophic injury, which a lot of people have not. I didn't draft one round running back ever in the first round i always took cup one one stupidly i thought kelsey would decline this year i was wrong um i've avoided a lot of those first round mistakes uh took a lot of chase but i stacked the hell out of alan Diggs only because i said listen if i can get right now i think i got 56 of 162 printing meaning you know top two getting through yeah if i can get to week 17 that's bill's Bengals. i stacked you know, I'm in that that 2120 with Bryce Morrow or Thurden Schlong, who's extremely sharp. Um, Anna's also an owner of a horse with me. Oh, no way. Shout out to my a digital son. horse we're talking about or a real horse. Oh, no, a real one. Really? Yeah, that's our that's our silks. Cool. Uh, his name is Showdown King. Nice. Right. Uh, Mineshaft Colt, if you want to look it up. The no, what 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 Bryce is stacking Bengals and I stack Bills. And uh, you know, I, I thought, listen, the one thing I didn't have last year was and I was negligent was 15 to 17. I didn't really have the right power teams and games. So I really looked at this this year and I just knew the Bills were awesome. I mean, you've got to have a, a legendary quarterback who doesn't get hurt. I stacked it with Mac Jones as QB two almost every time. I was kind of wrong on that because I thought Mac Jones and the Patriots would be, you know, somewhat 
competent. Yeah. Uh, but Razor, Ramondre Stevenson, I, I took a lot of. So, um, yeah, that's that. I mean, so far it's good. I mean, if I have a third. It's great, yeah. 40% of my teams are going through. And I, I think it'll change this week because there were some big hits last week that I don't, I mean, I don't have any Waddle. I don't have any Hill, really. Okay. Um, but a lot of people also had a bye week and a lot of pe people also have been battling injuries. And a lot of people took the Taylors, the Harrises. Um, those are tough hits. Yeah, those are pretty big hits. So I got to ask you, if you're doing the Bill Stacks, how often were you like, where were you taking Josh Allen? If you take Stefan Diggs at like eight overall, were you reaching and taking Josh Allen in the second round or were you, time. you were taking him in the second round? Every time I reached, I think okay. for me, for me, if you want sort of differentiation is that, and sometimes, you know, I had an argument with my friend circling the drain about this. I don't reach too, too far, but I figured that to be different you're going to have to take players and spots where they're taking other pieces there, right? Um, most people were taking their first big wide receiver in second round. I was taking a big wide receiver every time round one. My gamble was running backs. Yep. Running backs and tight ends. I, I, I took Dallas Goddard in probably 80% of my drafts as tight end one. He's not really had the year I thought he would have, but he's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think he's going to get more targets. And then down the board on running back, it was Penny. It was Jamal Williams. Thank God. It was R Ramondre Stevenson. I thought there were, and I thought there was good depth in wide receiver, like McCole Hardeman. He saved my week on bye week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wanted a power quarterback. I was not going to go. I was not going to go Rogers, Brady, potentially dusty, which they are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, now I'm just separate. Now I just need Allen to separate because he's done his bye week. I survived it. M Mac Jones, you know, gave me something. But now I need to separate on these bye weeks that people got and just get through. Yeah. So I was I took a, a similar stand and I I was actually looking at my best balls earlier this week after uh after the um seeing who which teams are leading and trying to see like how good my teams are doing with high-end quarterbacks versus not high-end quarterbacks. Cause I had some drafts where, you know, don't take anybody to like after pick 100. And I, I actually found that I took a similar approach to you where for the most part I had, you know, Allen Jackson Mahomes, one of these, one of these high-end quarterbacks uh, pretty early in all my drafts are so pretty hard to see where I differentiate, but I was surprised at the number of drafts I had where I went kind of bully quarterback. Like I have Mahomes with Allen or Allen and Jackson and took yes. two quarterbacks relatively early. And it's actually worked out very well. Yes. I think that I'm advancing a good number of those teams. So I think part of it might be, do you think it's because the offense, the whole offense looks pretty good? Like if I, I'm always stacking, I assume you're the same way. And anytime you take a quarterback, you're always. stacking with a wide receiver. So if you're just taking, you know, the good quarterbacks and they're working out, the rest of the offense is working out too. So that has been a pretty successful strategy this year. Well, outside of Kelsey, you could get most of the offense late. True. For Kansas City. But I also, and I think you have a question about being exploitative. I I do, I, I started doing really sort of defensive tactics in best ball drafts and busting up people's stacks, even if I didn't need it. Oh, you asshole. I'm an asshole. But they always, they, hey, they started sniping me. So if I saw someone building a, a Higgins chase, even if I had two quarterbacks, I took Burrow. 
because I'm like, this is going to, this is going to advantage me down the road, I believe. Um, that's an ugly move. But <laughs> I've had go. conversations with people on Twitter who are calling people out. Like, why would you do this? You're such an asshole. You're ruining your team too. And I, I've always said, I think these are just people who don't know what they're doing. They're not doing it on purpose, but it turns out I was wrong. They're really, they're the wildies of the world who are trying yeah. to bust up my stacks. Cruel, cruel and evil. Uh, <laughs> it is a cruel and evil world. So, yeah, but I think I wish there was the best ball live final. I think so you can pick fights with some of these guys. <laughs> yeah. You bust up yeah. their stack and then you show up and look, guy, I'm five inches taller than you. Yes, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, I'll just bring Eric Lindros. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Why not? Yeah. 60. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, we're, it's, I mean, we're close. I mean, we're halfway through. You should probably get an idea if you're, if you're skunked or uh, if you are in good shape. Yeah. Yeah. So far, I think things are looking good for those of us. And for me, I think it's part of me is like, is it just because I'm OCD? Like I think I'm doing better because I'm a little bit OCD. Like I want to get my stack early. And I think that I sometimes drafted quarterbacks earlier just because I like, I want to complete at least one stack to make sure I have a stack. And just as a result, I have more quarterbacks early and that is working out so far this year. I don't know if that's the case, but uh, listen, Diggs was going round two at some point and I yeah. couldn't believe it. Right. Yep. Um, and then people disbelieved in these first round running backs. And I just had to believe that. I think that with Matt Ryan at quarterback with Jonathan Taylor, I, I it was, or with Kyle Pitts, right. People yep. would, you know, argue with me about Kyle Pitts. And I, I said, well, who's throwing it to him. Right. You've got to make that consideration is that these guys are like, I'm not a huge Jackson, there's a lot of guys stacking Jacksonville. Got that one right. Wrong in Miami. Yeah. Big time. But. In a lot of ways, I think that you and I were making similar concessions here. Like I, I did not have a ton of Kyle Pitts and, and Drake London and guys that I just didn't really see the offense being that great. And it was hard for me to stack it. In some ways, it was just because it was like, well, Kyle Pitts, but I don't really know who's is Desmond Ritter going to take over as a quarterback. So it was a combination of, I don't know if this offense is that great. And then even if it is, great. I don't know who the quarterback is going to be. So I think that in some ways I got lucky, you know, with, uh, uh, with Atlanta Pittsburgh, another one that I was just like, is it really going to be uh, exactly. Trubisky all year? So I just kind of avoided those, those landmines in part because I was concerned about my stacks and in part, just cause I was, I don't know if these offenses are that great. So uh, it sounds the like we had a, a similar do, process. The one I did do was a lot of Detroit and golf. I love St. Brown. I forget what round we were getting him in early on, like maybe fifth. Something like that. Yeah. Fifth or sixth, late. even. Yeah. And Jamal Williams watching hard knocks. I'm like, this guy's an animal. I mean, he's just, a, he's a team player and he's good. Um, so I think Detroit's better than the record, but they can put up some points, man. So for sure there. So how, how is, uh, it sounds like your best ball season is going pretty well. Yep. So um, far, you're, you're advancing far over your expectation. Yep. Uh, right now, week eight, 56. I don't, what are the buys this week? Uh, do we know? Ooh, I don't remember off the top yeah. of my head. Um, I'll type in. T- hey, did you play on both Underdog and DraftKings? I did. I have uh, I have Kansas City Chiefs Chargers. Um, I played Underdog, which... Chiefs Chargers were last week, know. by the way. What's that? Chiefs and Chargers were week eight. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was good in the ninth. The ninth is Browns. No one cares. Cowboys, that's big. Yep. Uh, Broncos, a lot of people. Bet yeah. Ron Wilson. Yep. Uh, Giants. Nah, I have a lot of Daniel Jones. 
you know, I was wrong about Barkley. I thought the entire Giants offense would be dust. Yeah. Um, Steelers, yeah, that affects some people. And then the 49ers, they're already dead, right? I mean, with Lance. True. Um, what was your question? It was a good one. Oh, yeah, underdog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, where uh, you play. I uh, I felt like the competition was tougher on underdog. Yep. Um, I, I felt I could see the players better from a visual app standpoint on DraftKings. Most people didn't think that way. But I, I, I the visually, I just – it's a great app. I just can't, I can't read the players as well. I did 91 drafts in there. I think I'm doing a third of them going through. Um, that's a big money deal. I mean, that's two mil. Yeah. Um, so a third on both or plus at this point, I think, I think I should get through to week 15. Okay. And that's about double expect. I mean, that is double expectation. You're expected to get about one in six should get through because it's two out of 12, the top two out of 12 go through. Yeah. So yeah, you're, you're doubling up. That's a very solid number to hit there. Um, all right. We, we've talked more about best ball than uh, I was planning to. Oh, I was just going to say the, the one thing that I did different than you, and I sort of regret it is I often try, I took Stefan Diggs in round one, and then I thought I'd be able to get uh, Allen in round three. So then I would take T Higgins in round two for that round set for that week 17 correlation. Yeah. And then every time I got sniped on Josh Allen, when I tried to do that other than a couple of times. So that was a, uh, did not work out for me trying to do the week 17 correlations. I should have just done what you did and completed my stacks a little bit earlier because it's definitely a stack that's working out uh, really on well. Some, so far. On some builds, I would always get Diggs, Allen, Higgins, and then maybe even a Gabe Davis. Um, yeah. And uh, I took a ton of Singletary. I just was a huge Singletary fan. Um, Later on in drafts, I was doing the same thing. I thought Singletary was going to be great this year. I thought this is finally going to be his year, and it's just not looking like it so far. Yeah. It's heating up a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. So let me take a minute away from this conversation with Wiley to tell you about our sponsor, Odd Shopper. Make your best bets in 30 seconds or less with Odd Shopper. With hundreds of bets featured daily, Odd Shopper gives you the edge you need betting player props and game lines across all sports. Sign up for free now via the link in the video description below to gain access to our proprietary data, which will help you make your best bets. With expected win percentages and ROIs included, Odd Shopper uses the same DFS projections we use here at Stochastic to filter out the best bets available. Oddshopper also features a parlay builder with optimized parlays and an arbitrage tool that identifies risk-free, guaranteed profit bets that you can make across sportsbooks. All right. Well, we've we've talked for much longer before getting to the background, your, your background than I usually do with these conversations. So let's, let's move on from best ball and talk a little bit uh, just about your your background and how it relates to DFS, starting with uh, what, what kind of background do you have in statistics? Do you have any formal or informal training? No, I don't. I don't have any formal or informal training in statistics. Okay. Uh, I do you want a longer answer, or is that good? <laughs> if if you if you want to give a longer answer, if you no, my my uh, my background. So, my real life is is I have an ad advertising creative agency here in Lexington, Kentucky. So I've got uh, a lot of great in state clients. I've got some national clients in the beverage world, and um, you know, early on, I was in early stage investing. In startup companies uh not that i had any money back then but i would help you know shepherd them shepherd the brand to a lot of good company a lot of good ideas sit on shelves if they're not if they're not fed and led the right way uh, a lot of that came down to brand brand story how your consumer perceives you 
And so, you know, through that process of early stage investing and, and, and being part of startups, I opened a creative agency because I knew the storytelling side was critical to the development of your brand, you know, which is why I get critical of some companies online sometimes, DraftKings in particular, because sometimes I think it's incongruent with what the story should tell. Um, I could talk about branding for a long time, but that is my, my, my background. So, but basically, you know, in that process, you kind of have to have, be a psychologist uh, and understand how consumers perceive or may perceive you or your company. I think that helps me in terms of uh, understanding or being predictive of how a team or a player will perform week to week based on, I mean, that's the thing in golf too. I mean, that you could use that skill and understand that if a golfer is sort of, you know, seven weeks in traveling a lot, you know, perhaps that, you know, he's got stuff going on at home or doesn't like a certain area of the, or maybe he's got too many time commitments because he's from that area. You could, you could fade someone based on those things. So I think I use that. I think mostly I do love data though, not in terms of the output and input that some of these super quants are doing week to week. Yep. Um, so no, but it's not that I'm absent it. I'm just using muscle memory of what I know about the sport, what I would predict about the players and making predictions based on that and how they misalign perhaps with public projections. Okay. Yep. Sounds similar to what I do as well. Pretty uh, similar approach. Um, and then I, same kind of question. I'm guessing that the answer is similar. Uh, what kind of training formal or informal do you have in computer programming? If any, um, I wrote down an answer to this, Neil, because in the late nineties, when I was in at university of Western Ontario in London, I was number one in my class in, in, encoding and development using pascal nice i don't think they use pascal anymore i don't even know but, what that is uh, <laughs> i could have just made it up uh no but i i uh, i don't have a computer science but i love it right i think if i could go back and do it again that's that would be where i'd flow um but no i'm not using any computer science okay and, and it's not part of your process in any way then no no okay one of the other questions I think is, but not that one. Okay. Uh, so you, you've told me a little bit about your professional background. I was going to ask you about your professional background or any related hobbies, anything else that's uh, similar to DFS or you think uh, affects your DFS play at all? No, I think, I think just, you know, I've told you about my history growing up and immersion into, into NHL. Um, I'm not a golfer, but you know, I've had a, my first, big hit was in golf and it's when I didn't know anything about it. And sometimes, sometimes the less, you know, in these sports, the more unique you're going to be. Yep. And, uh, you can either, either know, every, know everything or know nothing. Um, so no, I think, I think that's about it. I mean, it occupies a lot of my time. So sure. All right. Uh, approximately when did you start getting involved with DFS and what drew you in? 2016. Um, I started betting on golf a little bit. I hit Jimmy Walker PGA championship for a lot. Well, it was a lot for me at the time. Um, I started following Pat on Twitter, Mayo, learned more about DraftKings DFS, shipped a huge contest, went to the fantasy golf world championships, 
on like a single entry. I thought, oh, I've got this wrapped. Much like my NFL, my NBA tweet from last night. <laughs> a, a, a nice steady decline from that point from 2016 in golf. A big chase. Um, but, you know, this is this is the Bengals market. This is heavy NFL. Uh, it's a sad existence to live here. But, <laughs> but um, you know, you, you, you learn a lot about the sport. I never grew up with NFL. It's funny, though, because I grew up with the Bills, right? That's Toronto's team. Okay. And somehow, instead, I decided to become a Bengals fan. And one night during the Bills showdown, I forget who it was, and they were just smashing. I'm like... Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Why don't I just switch? Why don't I just become a Bills fan? It it just takes, I guess, detachment. But I said that night, I said I'm a Bills fan now, just randomly. <laughs> so you're a Bills fan now? Yeah. I mean, if I mean honestly, if if he smashes, I I can get to the final in best ball. So why not? True. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm generally a fan of whoever's making me money. So exactly. a lot of times that's going to be the Bills. Uh, naturally, I'm I'm still a exactly. Vikings fan. Maybe just hopeful that they're going to make me money at some point. So far, <laughs> not working out that great for me. Um, were were you a winning? It sounds like you were a, a winning DFS player right away. Like you at least had some early success. Maybe it didn't. Uh, maybe there was a little yeah. lap after that before you got better. Or or were you were you winning and just uh, taking off right away? I won right away, and then. I think I chased for a while. I can't even remember wins back then. They were infrequent, infrequent, right? Um, I did better on betting. Um, but, you know, I really, once I changed sports on DFS, I really got interested in um, more of the theory, the tweaking, the logic, the way different people do builds, learning from sharp people and what they do. And some of the people I've, the three people I've named today, I've learned from them. Um, I don't, I don't consume a lot or any content at all. Um, Opinion-based content, just factual stuff, right? What lines are playing tonight? Who's on the power play? Um, 
and then figuring out, okay, is this a back-to-back game? Yeah, these guys have been on the road for a while. Are cold weather teams going to Miami in December? Are they going to go to South Beach and probably not think about hockey much? That stuff. Um, but I, I get the most satisfaction. And I mean, this is not unique to the industry, but doing it the right way and doing it the way I did it and mm-hmm. being very satisfied that what's that the, the stuff I thought about and talked about to myself worked. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very satisfying to, you know, think things, think things through yourself rather than just jamming in projections. I think it's, it's good to have a little bit of yourself in your process. I think it's important, at least maybe not for everybody. If, if you can win just, you know, you using projection or something, that's great too. But uh, yeah, certainly there, there is a satisfaction for me too. If I uh, include some of my own, you know, thinking outside the box in a process and it sounds like you're, you're a similar player in that way. Um, I think I already asked this question, which sport or sports you think you have the biggest edge? As I recall, it is NHL, NFL showdown, and then best ball. Is that what, is that your answer for uh, sports where you think you have the biggest edge? Yeah. And I, and if you, if you call that an edge, but not against some of, you know, some of the better, and I don't classify myself in those categories. Um, your, you know, your founder, Alex, you know, yeah. he just, yeah, I mean, none of us have an edge on like the top top players. I think it's more like an edge on the, the the, the field in general. The overall field, I think, is yeah. what what I really mean by that I, question. I, and I wish he would. I I wish uh, I want to have a brand talk with Alex. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I maybe, love maybe I'll set that up. Alex is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's very funny. Um, yeah. But the uh, yeah, I think that would be it. So those three. Cool. NFL classic. Although I did, I mean, I thought I had it last week. I think I cashed 80 lineups at a 150, which is good for me on classic. That's and great. Yeah. Just missing a Vikings tight end too. Huh, that was brutal. That was it. I had it all. And um, it's tough. And I really give credit to the guys who are successful in that. That's a lot of work. And um you know, that's a very satisfying win if you can ship that million. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, let's talk just a little bit about process. I just have some basic questions that I ask everybody on this show. Uh, do you do any simulations or use simulations from outside sources in your process? So I, I think it sounds like you don't do your own simulations. Uh, or I, I guess you, you can answer that question again if you if I you don't do. use any simulations from outside sources. Uh, if you want to sort of correlate this to the projection question, uh, whether I do my own projections. The first thing I do before showdown, I look at the totals, just glance at them. And then I build the game script out myself, at spreadsheet based, nothing not on my own tools. But I basically do an assembly of what I believe the score will be. Burrow, what is he going to have? 26, 280. Two and one, or three and one, or one and one. That's the range. And then who's going to get it? And then I do it for both teams. And then I then I then I look at public projections. And typically they're spot on. And then I find the gaps. Like I don't want it to I don't want it to skew my thinking before I begin. I mean, his like Chubb was sixteen projected on some sites. I thought that was catastrophically low. Knowing the Bengals suck and are 0-12 in primetime games and also suck, 
I knew that Cleveland would want to pound them. And I, I didn't believe that it having the second, uh, what was it? The second best running defense the, the I think DK put that up. I think that skewed people too much. I knew that the Bengals defense was not as good just being here as, mm-hmm. as what, what projections were saying would limit Chubb. And so I, I forced a number in there for him, which I don't tip. I raise it a little bit. I raise projections. I may raise the floors. I don't typically force a number in there that I think he's going to hit unless I have pretty good conviction. And that's been the development of this. You know, I was more successful doing it a different way. For some reason I abandoned it, but I I'm there now. I mean, usually I would say I want 70% of X player or 10% of Y player. And then I realized that I'm I'm out, I'm trying to outthink projections on on everyone by doing that. Number one. And number two, I'm also assuming I can beat an optimizer on assembly. Because there was a game that really showed this to me this year. I think it was the Chiefs and Kelsey who had 24.5 points in a game. If you told me beforehand Kelsey was going to be 24.5 points, that's a lock. I think it was against Miami. And maybe not. But he, uh, Tampa Bay, he ended up being not on the optimum. And that really threw me for a loop. So the mathematics, and this is not news to anyone, but the mathematics of the assembly of the lineups is something I, I don't want to force anymore because there could be some someone, even though T. Higgins has a decent game, or Tyler Boyd, have him having him on your roster with Chubb captain is going to limit X player from being there. And you did that because you forced the number of times you want to see that player. I won a few times last year, the big ones doing it. I'm not doing it anymore. What I'm saying is this year is nail the game script, find the projections that may have, maybe the public is not seeing, go go fast into it, but then let the assembly assemble it for you. If in this instance, Chubb was clearly the optimal captain at the number I was projecting him at. Mm-hmm. But let the calculators do that. Just get the other parts right. And it, it's amazing that if you nail the script pretty pretty close, I didn't expect Bengals to suck that badly. And that's why I didn't cash. But um, you know you know you're gonna hit it. So so do you use an optimizer? I do. Yeah, I do. Okay. Um and so you say you build for a specific game script, game script, but you make several lineups. Do uh, do you do the same game script? Do you assume the same game script for all of your lineups, or do you you know build out a set of lineups using one potential game script and then make a new set? You know, think about well, it could also go this way and make a different set of lineups. Is that an approach you take, or do you just kind of uh, assume one game need, script? I believe you need as many lineups. People do three, right, and are successful doing it. I believe if you are tight in your conviction and hold to it, I think you need 150 lineups plus to get, I mean, it could be chopped, you could have dupes, but to get this truly unique that lands you the half million or million, you need that many. Like I needed 
60% chub at captain with the components below. And I still wasn't close because I didn't have enough Browns defense, right? Right. In my quote game script, I really diminished defense and showdown, especially against a guy named named Burr. I was wrong. Um, I could live with that though. Uh, the Bengals have been letting me down for 23 years. What's yeah. new? Right. Um, so that's what I, that's what I do. And, 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 you know, I'll, I'll do a randomness within a range, like 20% skewed or 15% skewed on the, on, on a quarterback position. And there's two moves I make, which I don't want to disclose, but I think it's the biggest gap in showdown builds. It's the first thing I do when I build. It's the first thing. And, okay. um, and yeah, that's, that's, where I come out. So, you know, if, if I'm right in terms of how I predict the game's going to go or who's going to get the catches or is Russell Wilson going to stink, <clears throat> you can nail it. Absolutely. Uh, how much, so this is uh, more, more generally, so that going outside of showdown, but just in general, how much does ownership play a role in creating your lineups? Historically, it was everything. Right in the I want seventy percent Higgins when he's going to be thirty-five. Oh, let me two x the field. Okay. Well, what if what if Higgins is two hundred dollars priced too high and keeps people's Jones out? Then what have you done? Okay, fine. Higgins had a good game, but you left him out. I don't. I don't. I let the projections do the walking. Right. I'm not afraid of, I know there's a huge dupe of my argument out there. Um, I'm, I'm okay duping and winning five grand and getting the first place knowing that I had the optimal bill. I think, I think there's too many good players out there. The unique wins and you may see it differently than me recently don't seem to be there. I think there's five, 10 people getting it every night. Um, I may be yes. wrong. So I, I would, I would, uh, I think uh, maybe as Cody Main pointed out in, in of the 21st uh, primetime showdown slates this year, seven were completely unique. So they were, there were okay, seven completely unique uh, winners out of the first 20. And I, I mean, so my, I'm not usually shooting for completely unique necessarily. I'm also kind of, I'm just trying to avoid the, you know, 100, 200 dupes kind of lineups. So maybe we're a little bit different on, on, in that uh, regard, but I'm also yeah. not you know, always shooting for, I want lineups that can win. And if they're duped five times, I don't really care about that. 10 times, right. not the end of the world. Um, but I don't know. But, but, but that, by the way, that last piece of segment where I just made up a stat, that's my, that's my <laughs> confirmation bias kicking in. You absolutely curb stomp my head. <laughs> I mean, no, but I don't have a, I certainly don't have a, a, a floor in terms of salary. Okay. Um, but I just let, I just let projections do the walking. And if it produces me a $50,000 lineup, which it rarely does, um, it, it wouldn't, it's not all max use salary because of, you know, the weight of players that I have. Um, I mean, the other night I had it at halftime. I was like, Oh, I got it. I got this in the Chicago game. I freaking have it. It's 27 grand. I was like, this is a great build that fell apart. Um, so yeah, there you go. All right. So, uh, and that was uh, going to be another 
question I was going to ask you is, is avoiding being duplicated by other plays a big part of your strategy in any contest? So it doesn't sound like yeah. it is a big part of your, your, your strategy in NFL showdown. Um, are, are there other contests where it is a big part of your strategy? I think NHL has so many variable combinations. It's, I mean, you don't have to worry about it. Not as much that I've not as much. Um, I mean, a 12 game slate, good God, you've got <laughs> a yeah. lot of plays. It's not and something I, I think about at all, like an NFL main slate or like I'm trying to avoid, I'm trying to avoid playing all chalk, but like I'm not really worried about lineup duplication in, in for right. the most part on main slates. For me, it's just NFL showdown, MMA, maybe on like a two game slate to some extent, but like, yeah, yeah for the, for these big slates, it doesn't seem to be classic, as much of an issue. Classic DFS golf, maybe. I think we always run our numbers. Yep. And if I'd like to be 140 at a 150 unique, does is that an advantageous strategy? I don't know. I mean, is eating chalk and golf okay sometimes? Um, right. But I used to focus on just by nature, though. With when you when you sort of adjust the projections to your norms you're going to be unique. I mean, you just, you're going to have more people in captain that other people don't because you believe Mitch Wilcox is going to get two points, which I'm, I forget if he had even a catch. He did but, right away. I didn't have any of them. So I remember. Right? So I had a fucking ton of him, but that only matters if it's a 60 point game and the stars are killing it. Then you need a two to $800 Wilcox to complete the lineup, even if it's at two points. And I thought, this is this is what's going to win me the, the money. But yeah. by nature, I was like, what, 30% Wilcox or something like that? You're 10x the field. That may be too much, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's it can work out as long as those players, you know, do enough to make it into the optimal. Uh, yeah, I was, I was dreading the Mitchell Wilcox touchdown last night because, you know, I like to spread out with those low owned players, the guys who nobody's playing, who are just kind of fluky and hoping for a fluke. And yeah. he was one that, you know, I'm, I'm on a show leading up to lock. So I said it on the show. I was like, I don't have any Mitchell Wilcox right now. I'm really uncomfortable with it. And of course the host is like, Neil, I think that's okay. Mitchell Wilcox is probably not going to do anything. And then literally the first drive, he catches a pass. And I was like, Oh my God, what is going on here? You're I was, damn right. I was uh, dreading that. I was celebrating at that point, um, steep downhill from there, but yeah. I also don't eliminate any players. Right. I mean, I yeah. used to, I used to do the player elimination theory and think, okay, what is going to be on this final build? And let me just heavily weight this core. That's an it's insane strategy. Um, uh, because, you know, you know, you get the Alec Ingle touchdowns and you just, right. you know, you want to cry on a pillow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't intentionally fade any players nope. either. Sometimes, you know, like I said, like Mitchell Wilcox, I did, but not intentionally. I was actually trying to get him into some builds and just kind of gave up because I was spreading out on other players that I like better who were cheaper. So I didn't get there. Do you hand um, build first one lineup? I hand build one lineup. Yeah. So anytime I do, uh, I do uh, fantasy cruncher videos showing how I set it up and I'm always crunching out 149 lineups. So you can see that I, that's my default. Cause that's usually I'm just crunching out 149 and keeping the one that I hand build as well. Um, yeah. And it's, I actually, I, I don't know how much success I've had this year with my hand built lineups in the past. It has happened sometimes where I'm like, that's my one lineup that really stands out because it's, you know, my, my thoughts before I look at anything and that can be pretty unique. And sometimes right. that can be your best lineup. So and uh, it's also, it also indicates to me, okay, this is where the public is going. This is what they're going. Yeah. Uh, and maybe sort of dodge it a little bit. 
Yep. Here I am telling here I am saying that no one ships uniquely. And then I think you ship uniquely this year or close to it. it uh, I think I was duped twice, maybe. And that, on FanDuel, I, I had a two-way dupe. Um, yeah. So I I have not uh shipped uniquely this year or, or ever in showdown. That was FanDuel. Okay, that wasn't DK. Yeah, that was FanDuel. Yeah, I, I have not actually won a DK contest. I think I've gotten third, maybe this is the best I've done on DraftKings. Oh, really? Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think I've actually shipped on DraftKings this year. Um, next year, uh, n- next week. That's when, that's when I'm going to ship DraftKings Showdown. Um, all right. So we, we've talked a bit about process. We do have a number of listener questions. We have one from Alex K 14. Uh, he says, will you go to every live event next year for all three days or just one day each time? He says, JK, I'm guessing you're not a live guy based on some uh, offhand comment that you made early on here. I'm, I'm guessing you're not a fan of the, the live tour. I mean, I just don't. I just don't think their intentions are good for the PGA tour. Their PGA tours demise is its success. The two will not coexist with each other. I think it's created a fracture. Uh, I think it's exposed golf a lot. Um, In what sense is it exposed golf? They get 18,000 live viewers on primetime YouTube free worldwide. Jeez, yeah. What is that, right, fifty thousand on their finale. Do you know? Do you know what that wouldn't even get two AM cable? No, yeah. This is worldwide free YouTube on the best platform to watch it on. And some people think that well, it's just getting started. They spent eight hundred million dollars on players that were the top in the world, and credit to them. A player told me before all this started, he said, "I think seventy players are going," and I thought he was insane. And they got him. But it exposed them because, I mean, I'm competitive. A lot of the, I, I like the competition side of things. I mean, these guys are 30 years old and have 50 more years of their brand that's now attached to live tour indefinitely. I mean, some of these guys weren't done being who they were. They may have been done playing golf on the PGA Tour. And I think it's just fractured it a lot. I think, it, I think they spent a lot of Tigers equity. I think they believe that eyeballs – or their agents sold them that eyeballs are going to come because they're a fan of you. Well, doesn't seem that way. No. Nope. In fact, every tweet Live Tour talks about is ratioed to 99%. That's what they feel about it. I mean, you got guys who play golf for a living. A lot of people like us would like that job. And then you're trying to tell us how miserable it is. And then saying a big fuck you to the, the PGA Tour, which talking about brand, there's a lot of emotional attachment for a lot of people generationally to that logo. Mm -hmm. Now you want to kill it. Did you think about this in your business plan? You're going to have a lot of defenders on the street because we've got a lot of memories with that tour. We're going to think we're pissed off because you're trying to kill it. And so that's, I think that's a miscalculation on their part. And I think that um, it's shown a lot of people what some of these golfers are truly like. And it's kind of not, it's kind of disgusted me a lot. And so am I going to a live event? Never. I will never go to a live event. What's do crazy. I, do, I think, do I think the PGA Tour is done enough? Absolutely not. They got fleeced. Yeah. And I don't know if they're doing enough now with the people in the streets defending them, which is the fans of golf, DFS players who are large pace of their audience, doing nothing for them. I mean, we're the ones... A lot of us 
in the content streets defending the tour. What's the tour doing for any of us? So am I a little done standing for them? Probably. It's Chevy truck season. And with the Chevy Silverado, there's no such thing as an uphill battle. With the Chevy Silverado, you can take on the mountains or you can move them. Because with impressive towing capability, an available 13.4-inch diagonal touchscreen, and a choice of powerful engines to pick from, whatever your mountain, there's a Silverado with the capability you need. Click to learn more. Find new roads at your local Chevy dealer. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Sorry, no. that was a diatribe. This isn't live, is it? <laughs> this is not live. It was a good diatribe, though. And I, and I, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you about, so they have such a small audience. And then how much of that audience is just people who are betting on it? Like, they don't even care about the golf. It's just people who are into it because of the betting uh, is the only reason people are watching Live Tour. So, yeah, there, I think you're there right. Are, there are a lot of betters in golf. I would say a lot of them are. But people who like it, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, there's no disdain for you liking Live Golf. You can like it. Right. But in no shape or form did the Saudi government sold by Greg Norman believe that 800 million would buy you 18,000 live viewers. Right. Some Or the vitriol, so much so that Brooks Koepka can't even tweet anymore, that it brought along with it. That's negative optics that they wanted for their brand. So it's a matter of how long they hang on to this for. They thought it'd be Formula One. It ain't. There's no way that they wanted this as a oh, niche play. So we have some, it's a small group of fans. Yep. Not working out for but them. It also, but it also, I think, has hurt PGA Tour because of perception about golfers. And it'll hurt their sponsorship, certainly, now, because some of the premier talent is not there. Absolutely, That's yeah. It. It's going to. It's going to hurt PGA Tour. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's definitely, you don't want to have a fracture in, in a game that, you know, is doing so well posting Millie Makers for, uh, and of course I'm, I'm coming at it from the DFS perspective, but it's been, uh, PGA has been such a huge DFS sport and you kind of have to wonder is, is that sustainable when they're fractured now with a lot of the top players playing on the live tour and you're not going to recognize the names in the PGA tour. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see the way things go from a DFS perspective which is You'll which is what contest i care sizes right i don't think DraftKings is even doing them for live anymore i could be wrong i don't think they did one for the playoffs yeah i'm not sure i i have not been playing pga recently just because i haven't had success at it so it's something that uh maybe maybe after a big win in another sport i'll start playing pga again but uh for right. a little while now i'm not winning at it so i'm not playing it uh there you go yeah um all right so so then uh alex followed up he said real question 
in PGA and NFL, what is your process for building around the players you want to be overweight to the most? And do you use multiple projections or ownership sites? So I think I answered a little bit, but maybe yeah. I'll add some color. And by the way, top two nicest people on on Twitter, you oh. and Alex. Alex, Alex oh, please. Way. I'm nowhere near Alex Kay. Yeah, he's he's the nicest guy on Twitter with a bullet. Yeah. In a milli winner, right? So he shouldn't be asking me about process, but because um, he's smart as hell and he does well in golf. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm doing the one set of projections like I talked about. And uh, um, that's, I mean, listen, I won't name their names because I don't want to reveal the process, but some of the, some of the big, big, big guys, you know, are very heavy rules based. Like, no x with y five yep. ones you yep. know and and that used to be sort of me too but now it's like i said i'm just letting the game script take over and naturally it just leads to either unique lineups or being overweight or underweight on plays i do or do not like yep okay um and that i guess that answers the questions for for both pga and nfl the same same kind of process um, NFL classic, I know it's going to be a, a it's, it's a tough, it's tough to do. There's so many games and there's so, I mean, I, I pick a few quarterbacks I like, uh, I build stacks around those, uh, add some one-offs, um, and then hope for the best. And, uh, you know, I think it's, like I said, I think it's one of the tougher games to play because you're going to miss the guy who lives in Minnesota who knows Ty Conklin is going to go 670 in a touchdown. Right. Yeah. Like I knew Wilcox would be the first catch of the game. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. So I haven't had, I think you're my first real NHL guy on. So I, I usually ask about process and we're, we're running short on time. So I'm just going to ask about one sport and it's going to be NHL because I don't get a ton of NHL guys on this show. Uh, how long before the first game lock do you typically get started working on your NHL builds for a given slate? I'll probably start at 2 PM. Um, and you're East coast. So that's five hours before lock generally. That's five hours before because I'm already locking contests at that point because they fill quickly. Even okay. though contests are small, there's a big appetite for NHL. And I've been tweeting a lot about it, and I've getting DMs saying people like, I love this game. So I think it's going to get more robust, especially if people start to pull away from golf, which we'll see next year. And I'm not so-so down on golf, but right now I just needed a, a really mental break. Um, so at about 2 o'clock, I will start looking at um, a site I use to look at lineups, power plays, cheap defense, and then goalie matchups. Um, and thinking, you know, basically coloring my, my thoughts on where I, if I'm doing four lineups, where I, what lines I'm definitely going to have in. Is um, it, do you typically only play four lineups? I typically only play one. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. As a cash lineup. And I, cause the, cause the, cause the big contests really are max four, uh, or max seven. And sometimes I feel really strong about one lineup. Uh, last night I did four and I did really well. I was a half point going to overtime. I was a leader going for the fantasy golf. So fantasy hockey world championship and my good friends. Cause you, you, I, do I sweat it? No, I go to sleep at nine 30. 
Okay. And 10.30, and my friends sweat it last night for me. So I'm almost there. But, yeah, four lineups, and I, I may play them in cash and let people play head-to-heads against me. Um, but, yeah, it depends on the size of the slate, too. I mean, 12 games you can get. There's a lot of things I'd like to do. Two or three games, I mean, I think I'm pretty strong with one. Okay. Uh, and I think you, you already answered my question about uh, you, you do not listen to live shows. Sounds like you do not listen to or consume a lot of content related to individual slates. My, my, my feed is like animals and uh, cute dogs uh, and Ukrainian war stuff. I, I try to, I don't listen to anything. I don't think I've ever listened to a podcast, even my own. Which that's probably the good, the best advice I could give anyone. Um, I, I, and I, I mute a lot of stuff. There's a secret. Only yep. because I just don't want it to check or color my, my, fa- my, my feeling. I'd feel very badly if I moved off a player that had hit because of something I read on Twitter that was wrong or incorrect. So yep. I liked, I, I honestly get, you know, it's just me, but I like doing it my way and saying, yeah, I did it. That, that was, I was right. Or I was wrong, but it was my fault. Right. You want to, you want to live and die by your own process right. rather than listening yeah, to and, other people. And, and NHL, like Saul Goodman, who's an incredibly good DFS player in, well, he's good in NFL now too. Now, uh, in NHL, um, we had a, almost identical lineup on a 12-game slate. And one of my other buddies jokingly said, oh, I see you guys are working together. I wouldn't work with him, even though he's a good friend of mine. I wouldn't work with him if you paid me. My, my <laughs> want to smash him every single night. And he does the same with me too. You know, the, but the good plays just pop out. Yeah, I mean, the, never, the NFL is I like never work with anyone, ever, yeah. never. No, me, me neither. I mean, I, obviously I do shows and stuff. So I, uh, you know, I'm kind of working with people in the sense that we're talking about this slate in the shows, but I other appreciate than that, that, I appreciate that because you put out good content, even though you, even though you don't consume it clearly, but, uh, but I appreciate it. you saying that. Uh, all right. Uh, every time I say I have the nuts based on your article, I haven't read your article. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. So you, okay. So I can, I can assume that you're not getting the nuts from my article so I can just play what I say I'm going to play. Exactly. Um, exactly. All right. Uh, a talking point has been 80 hours per week spent to be great at DFS. Are you over or not under that? You probably don't even know what I'm talking about with the eight hours per week. That's something that uh, a former DFS pro chess is okay. Said on a podcast that he spent uh, he spent about 80 hours a week and thinks that you need to spend about 80 hours a week to be great at the the top level of DFS. Uh, so they, I like, yes, are they playing every sport. Are they playing every sl- slate. Yeah, so he, he was a guy, he's he's no longer, he's retired now, uh, but he was playing every sport and also doing all of his own stuff. So he was creating his own projections, uh, oh, his own yeah. tools and that kind of yeah. stuff. So I think probably, I think if you're at that level, I think at least, I mean, if you include Rainmakers, it's probably 800 a week. Right. 799 is Rainmakers. Um, that's a joke. Uh, no, I, 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 I spent, I was definitely under, but I certainly, just thinking about it, processing it, it's a big portion of my day. And, um, and, but I only like, there's three things I, you know, there's three or four things that I fire into and I accept now NBA, <laughs> which may be the fifth, but, um, yeah, I go with what I'm, I know I'm can competitive at. I can't, I could never compete with the bat baseball guys. I could never compete with MMA NASCAR. I, 
that's worse than golf. I, I don't know how people do that. Um, it's not even fun. You can't even sweat because you're everything changes in the last minute of the game of the race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, it's a lot of hours. Probably, I think you would need at least that if you're gonna. I, I agree with him. If you're gonna be the best in the world, yes. Yeah, I'm sure Alex spends that. Yeah, I mean, Alex is also creating tools and projections for the rest of us. So, uh, yeah. So guys like me don't need to spend 80 hours because we got the Alex and the Steve buzzards and the, a lot of guys behind the scenes putting in a lot of work for us. Those of us who do use public projections, uh, people are doing a lot of the work for and us. I do use public. I mean, I, I, they're always like, yeah, this is, what am I going to be smarter than all of these? Maybe one right. or two, I think they're wrong. That's yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. All right. We've got a, a few listener questions that I wanted to ask before we close it out. Uh, Shorty Vegas pick asks, Ask him how much money he's going to make on Carl Yuan this year in golf. I don't know what that means. I don't know who this is. I don't understand. Is this is this a golfer, Carl Yuan? Yeah, I uh, you know I'm so I've been so checked out of golf since the summer basketball and now NFL and NHL. I know of Carl Yuan. I couldn't comment on him. I probably am going to lose something on him this year because now he mentioned his name, so we'll look him up. <laughs> but not a whole hell of a lot. Okay, good. Good to know. He's a good dude. Shorty Vegas place is a good dude. Uh, Ike Jernigan asks, he says, or he says, you're one of the most savvy DFS players out there who will immediately block you if you throw shade at Coldplay. Is that true? Are you a huge Coldplay stand? Uh, and are you, he says, you're one of the most savvy. So are, are there savvier DFS players out there who are bigger Coldplay fans, you think? Is that correlated? Like, I'm the I don't know. best player who likes Coldplay. Yeah, is that? Uh... Oh, that'll be that. That 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 may be an insult. Then. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I guess a good dude. Um, here's my theory, and this is all podcast content I want to use. I wouldn't. I'm not going to do a podcast maybe ever. But um, my theory on Coldplay and YouTube for the people who don't like them: go to a Coldplay concert first, and then then come talk to me. And you too, I would say the same thing. But not liking you too. I'm telling you, if they, if you had a backyard barbecue, invited all your friends, right? And I secretly brought you two there. Do you? Would you turn with your with your arms crossed and not listen? No, they would blast your face off, and you would cry in excitement. Yeah, that's the that's the test of how they. It's they're incredible bands. And all your friends would think you were a king. Yeah, that is true. That's uh, I've never thought about it that way. I mean, I I've never been anti Coldplay or YouTube, but uh, that is that is a good indicator that maybe they are a great band. If uh, if they would blow somebody's world if they showed up at a, at a backyard barbecue, that's uh, totally. Yeah. Uh, who's who's your who's your band this year, Neil? July fourth. Oh, you too. I don't like them. Yeah, I'm not coming to that barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. I like yeah. it. Um, all right. One final listener question. Then I'll ask you about your favorite DFS win. Uh, Buddha man asks, uh, if you will watch golf this weekend, I'm guessing he won't watch much (laughs) boom. The breeders cup is at Keeneland this weekend. Give us a winner Wiley. So I guess the question, I guess he asked, are you going to watch much golf? And, uh, will you give us a winner for this weekend's breeders cup? Yeah. Uh, I'll probably not. I don't, I asked, I asked one of my friends who plays golf a lot. He didn't play last week. And I said, how did it feel? And he said it was the best week ever because you're not constantly checking your PGA Tour app or looking at your phone or sweating. 
I may be out this week. Um, so for that reason, um, and Breeders' Cup is right down the road. <clears throat> um, shout out again to to our racing team. We we have a our horse is laid up probably for another week. He had a little ankle flare up, nothing serious. But he's a two year old. We wanted to race him this year. We pulled him out of a race. Eddie Keneally's the trainer for all you horse people, um, and he's a monster. And you know, guys like Big T and Bryce are involved with me. Um, White line, though, I haven't handicapped it. I don't know if I will play Breeders' Cup, but Flight Line is a monster. Flight Line didn't really get started till its three-year-old season. Now it's four-year-old and just crushing the world. And I was in a restaurant the other day doing lineups. And so you get horse people that you know and horse people that you don't, but there's a lot of horse chatter. And the numbers that they want to sell a share of this horse for are just unimaginable hmm. for its breeding rights once it's re once it's retired. Yeah. So I think I think that uh, you know I read an article about why life is good can upset flight line. Um, I know it's chalk, but sometimes you got to really hit you got to really hammer the favorites at some of these tracks <clears throat> to make money. All right, so no PGA. You're going to be doing some horse racing instead, is is what I'm hearing, potentially. Um, Saturday, building rainmakers and NHL, maybe look at Breeders' Cup. Okay, it may, I may be invited out there, so I may be obligated to go out and check it out. But um, yeah, I was at Keeneland last week, so that's that's enough for me. Okay. Uh, no, this is a question that I ask of every guest at the end of the show. Uh, can you tell me about your favorite DFS win or win celebration? And if you've got a couple, you can just, you can just throw in a couple if, if that's easier. Yeah, I think, I think, I think two. Well, this year's Spinorama opening huge 360 contest for the six figures in NHL because I was so amped for the season. And I, I think I said, I really think I have the strategy down. That was very validating for me. I like that one. Um, I did three prime time. I won three prime time last year, showdown slates. It should have been four, except Justin Fields. That was the biggest one. Justin Fields threw an interception, meaningless, last second of the game. Uh, and I'll never forget that. But the first one was the Bucks and Gronk, and uh, I got, well, the, I don't know, well, you, you won a fan duel, but you get the tournament championship seat. Yeah. So that was the first sort of Millie chop, right, with the asterisks. But uh, so now we all, all my idiot friends, we all title ourselves Millie Maker winner, Mike. <laughs> or that's how they address yeah i'm forcing them to address me um but nothing like nothing like what the big dogs have done we'll get there okay so your your top you would say is probably the the nhl this year because you, you don't get too many six figures in nhl in general so to be able to take one of those year. To, yeah right so to, so to get in, one of those i put in two or three lineups and it was a 27 max. And wow. I think it 
make it 27 max, 17. I could be saying that wrong. I don't want to, I don't want to puff it up, but I was pretty, I was very happy with it. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That, and that's a, that's a great one to win when you only get it a couple times a year to be able to take one of those down. And yeah. you're, so you're, you're one of the few people who can say that you have a six figure NHL win. That's kind of a, a rare thing. So that's right. Definitely. So that's why my Roto Grinders rankings are pretty high because that carried a lot of weight. Number two overall right now in NHL. You told me, you puffed yourself up to me. You said you were the number one NHL I've, player in the world I've, on Roto Grinders. The second time that you've killed me today, I learned <laughs> from you that I was now number two, but yeah. not based on last night because i crushed it so for what it's worth i think those those uh rankings are fraudulent anyway just to let you know like you looked me up i didn't start tracking until september i noticed all all of your biggest scores are from like the last two months and i was like how is this like i know this guy's been winning for longer than the past two months i've been following you on twitter for years that much uh, yeah and uh people were touting how you know there's their ranking and i was like fuck this shit i need to uh I'm going to go to the NHL season. I need to hook this up. So, well, I should warn you, they just randomly sometimes don't put in your wins into your rankings. Yeah. And so you get ranked. It's a, I'm, I'm not a fan in general, but uh, that's, that's a story it's for another day. It's, it's a chest pounding sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, Wiley, uh, where can people find you? Th- thanks a lot for coming on, first of all. Uh, and, and where can people find you? Um, so, my Twitter account is at Wiley77. And I just, post things that are interesting or fun. I like to have fun. You know, people like to jab back at me. It's just, you know, that's what Twitter should be. Um, I have the podcast, but I'm thinking of doing different content, perhaps around all of sports. Sportlandia. It's right now Golflandia, but we'll see. We'll see what my time can do but you know twitter's where i have my most activity and a lot like a lot of funny and cool people on there and just chop it up and have fun and shit post nba nba fake wins right on so at wiley 77 on twitter is the best best place for people to find you yeah man right on all right well thanks again to wiley for joining me on high stakes episode 25 again you can find him on twitter at wiley 77 Thanks to Mike Lawrence for producing. As always, you can find him on Twitter at AwesomeYo. You can find me on Twitter at PlayerQDFS. Thank you for watching this episode of High Stakes. You'll be able to find the next episode of High Stakes two weeks from this Friday, uh, wherever you find podcasts or on the Stochastic YouTube channel. Thanks again. Good luck this weekend. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit 
up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.